Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and if you found value in any of the episodes or if you've laughed even once, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. Now, these conversations we have with all these awesome comedians typically last about two hours. So there's so much footage we have to cut from every single episode and we hate that we have to cut it and we don't want it to disappear into the ether, which is why we edit it together into exclusive clips. Some episodes, they're 15 minutes, a half hour of extra footage. Other episodes, it's a little bit shorter. Either way, if you enjoy listening to You Can't Laugh at That, join our Patreon for exclusive access. And thanks for listening to our podcast and supporting comedy, because no matter how weird times get, remember that you can laugh at that. In this special episode of You Can't Laugh at That, Steve, Jeremy, and I, David, discuss the recent Tony Hinchcliffe incident, because here we are, a podcast talking about what's funny, why it's funny, how to make it more funny, how to connect with other people. Sometimes we've got to talk about how not to do things, or at least look at things from multiple perspectives, poke holes in it, ask more questions. So we decided, instead of doing our regular episode this week, We are going to air this special episode. Now, I will warn you, there are racial slurs describing Asian and Latino Americans mentioned in this podcast. Just full warning. Our intent is good. We're here to prove a point, to prove that anything can be funny. And when things are made funny, it gives us power over those things. It helps us move on from those traumas and pains and and discomfort and all of that stuff. So the goal here is to prove that anything can be funny, but sometimes in order to do that, we've got to point out the things that aren't, or at least how they can be made funnier. So that being said, sit back and enjoy this special edition of You Can't Laugh at That, where we discuss how Kill Tony didn't kill. Well, here we are, we're recording, and uh, since none of you asked... um, this is a special edition uh, episode of You Can't Laugh at That, uh, addressing the Tony Hinchcliffe incident. Uh, so with me is my co-host, David Horning, and we also have our engineer, who's also a comedian. His name is Jeremy Demery. I like how we both waved, and this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were also touting what shirts we were wearing, like yes. it mattered. But um, we do have video clips, but uh, yeah, Tony Hinchcliffe uh, had a... Uh, had a set, <laughs> a little, a little bit Austin, of a Austin, Texas, the you. new forefront of edgy comedy because mm. we fucking hate Los Angeles and we live in Austin now, even though it's super liberal too. And um, we're trying to establish ourselves. As, you can't say anything anymore. That's what that's what the new Texas comedy scene is. You that's, can't talk about anything anymore. No, you can. You just suck. It's always Hinchcliffe, bigger in Texas. Tony Hinchcliffe, you know. One time I actually brought a 357 to uh, kill Tony and luckily he didn't have me go up. So uh, I, I didn't understand the premise of the show. So I just assumed, you know, bring a firearm and just hope for the best. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, that was a joke that existed before this incident. You guys got to go like, up to the kill Tony. Store. Like just go up on stage with a gun and kill Tony. <laughs> Perfectly <laughs> relevant now. Yeah. Now it just makes perfect sense. Cause it's yeah. like, um, but I think I think there was a slight bit of when I first saw the incident where he goes up there and basically just calls him a chink. Let's just let's just say that because that's pretty much the, the zenith of the the zenith phobia of the of the the bit that he did or the, the little quasi the trying to do the quasi racist thing where he's like on this gray area between sarcasm and I really mean what I'm saying. Obviously, he was trying to be ironic when he called him a chink. But when you get to the point where, you know, and your, your set progresses into uh, you talking about how all these dumb liberals in, even though the, that's, that's really kind of why, I mean, Joe Rogan would agree with that. I mean, that whole, it's like, it's your whole crew that is 
anti-PC for the sake of being shocking. I don't know. You guys can take it from... I'm just fucking mouth diarrhea. Yeah. Uh, shock humor has its place. It has... Uh, it went done well, and, and I get it. It's a comedy show. It wasn't meant to be recorded. It wasn't meant to be put out there. And he was trying something new. Um, he was just he took that risk. And you have to give comics the freedom to take that risk. But at the same time, you also have to be cognizant of the nature of the world right now. Yeah, it's I, a balance. I not that you necessarily meant to say that, but I disagree that it was a shock. I think he was just trying to be, I think there is an element of that, but I think it's just the irony or something of like, Oh, I'm doing this kind of like character where I'm like being a racist. Oh. And cause you could hear it in the tone of his voice where he's like, mm-hmm. this chick, like no one, it's like, there wasn't the sincerity, there wasn't sincerity in what he was saying, but there was still like, it wasn't like, it wasn't funny. I mean, it wasn't like, I don't know. I guess you could say that there is a shock value to that, mm-hmm. but it would the, I, the 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 intention was ironic, regardless of if any any shock was intended along the way along, along with it. Um, but when people when Ari Shafir uh, loaded a, a video, acting like as if this, this extra context was going to make it better, didn't to me because he just went on this tirade about how everybody was moving from Los Angeles to. And everybody's pussies. Yeah. But this is the thing. I haven't seen Tony Hinchcliffe do stand-up ever. <laughs> so I don't know what he's normally like. I don't know how much of his act is sarcasm in a character of whatever the fuck he was doing there. But I feel, but I, but you know tones. Yeah, I mean, all, mm-hmm. we're all humans. We all respond to body, nonverbal, or I should say non-syntactic, um, uh, whatever the word is, you know. Anything that's intonation, inflection, all that. Right. Uh, you can tell that there was some sort of, there was sincerity in that. I feel yeah. Like. He was going overboard with it, almost making fun of his own, I don't know. Well, Jeremy, you wanted to chime in. I, I He just didn't show any humanity to it. Like, we understand that when a, co- a comedian's making a joke, whether it's in jest or not, you still show a sense of like respect for the human being. Even like look at um, Don Rickles, like Don Rickles roasted everybody, no matter who you are, you know, what your nationality, creed, religion, no matter what, who you are, he was going to make fun of you, but he always had this glimpse of respect for the human being. And I don't think that Tony Hinchcliffe, tip the hat to the person at all. And he didn't break character to let the audience know I'm doing this as a, uh, a mirror to ignorance of society. He didn't, you know, there's always that like little hint of like, uh, just that smallest breaking of character could have gone a long way or that would have signified to me like, oh, he's doing a bit and the bit was done poorly. And I think it, had he done that, I think it would have been um, excusable in a sense. But he didn't do that. And he didn't say like, well, no, I'm, you know, he's a good guy or he had a good set. He didn't do. Or give it up for him. Yeah. Did, not yeah. even that. Like the simplest, like just even the simplest courtesy of an opener. He didn't even give him that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's play the clip uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, and we're going to pick up to a little bit uh, a little bit of uh, Pang Dang's uh, set as well, just so there's a little more of that context. So it's not just that 30 second clip that he posted on his Twitter, which I'm going to get into that too. Two weeks ago uh, on a Sunday night, I went to downtown Dallas for the Stop Asian Hate rally. Uh, downtown Dallas Sunday night, it was business as usual. There was no boarded up window. I'm like, fuck, you think I won't do it? <laughs> like, fuck you, Target, show some respect. <laughs> they don't take us seriously. <laughs> they don't take us seriously because we don't run the country. Uh, and you can always tell who run the country just by the way they protest. Like, white people, your protest is more demanding. Uh, your chants are tough. Like, 
Stop the count. Storm the Capitol. Hand my pants. Jews will not replace us. <laughs> it gave us a really long to-do list. <laughs> it's very demanding. Like, Asian protests, we didn't even say yellow lives matter. We just want you to stop messing with us. <laughs> just stop being mean to us. Soy sauce? What do you want? We're open. But uh, after the protest, I was smoking a cigarette outside, and a homeless person came up to me asking for money. Uh, so I gave him a dollar, and this guy took the dollar, immediately changed his face. He said, uh, Excuse me, sir. Can I just buy a cigarette from you? I'll give you a dollar. I'm like, bro, are you trying to buy a cigarette from me with my money? Like, what's going on? I was really confused. But we still did the transaction. That's when I realized, man, this guy is actually super smart. He knows my weakness. Uh, because there are two things in this world a Chinese person cannot resist. Uh, lending money to America, and selling stuff that costs a dollar. <laughs> This guy, he needs no introduction. You've seen him on Kill Tony's show. Give it up for the one and only Tony Hinchcliffe. in this room. I don't even want to make you guys laugh. I don't even like you anymore. These fucking Chinese people, can they, they find out we have flying bats every night and here they come. Ooh, flying super. And you guys just eating up the liberal chicks, just holding strong, can't even smile at this, huh? No way, we can't even bend. This guy's being serious. He must have hate in his blood. We live so far east of the 35. How can I look my Asian nerd barista in the eyes tomorrow if I laugh at this? There's fucking pussies everywhere. I'm so sick of this fucking shit. I'm so sick of it. I left Los Angeles for this. I left LA. I got, a, I got away from all those fucking liberal smartasses just to move here around a bunch of liberal dumbasses. All my friends fucking lied to me. Joe Rogan, Ron White, they're liars. They said, get out of L.A., move here, get away from the traffic and homeless people. And here I am. There it is. Yeah, it's clear that he's, he's, he's moved to Austin and he's in Texas and he thinks... Oh, I get to change my, you know, my attitude about things because people are more accepting of these things here. And uh, it's weird because there's like a weird ambiguity to it because it's like, no, you're on the you're on the side that is racist, though, too. <laughs> or I mean, you know, this this non-liberal side is they, 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 they don't have an identity. It's we're not racist. But then half of them are like, actually, I am a racist, but yeah. I guess I'll just be quiet about it because they're helping me politically for you know like it's like this weird thing where that like you literally like non like a lot of non-liberal people are racist not all of them just uh being liberal is one of the tenets is like the fight against racism you know accepting of, of more people right open-mindedness being able to change your ideas not being so antiquated etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. And that's, that's a big part of this too, is, is fixating on one opinion or one belief or one side or whatever, and that's it. And that's final. And it's like, you know, life is way more complicated than that. He was aiming at PC culture mm-hmm. yes. right at it. and he's just trying to be ironic, but he's not in a way because he's going, it's like, it's very, it's the logic doesn't add up. And that's why it's so controversial because people are like, what the hell's going on here? Right. And I get that he came up with that right then and there. And it's like, you know, I'm sure that if he were to sit down and write a joke, it would be a lot more, but it'd be, it would be a lot less like bashing you over the head and a lot more kind of that, that like sneaky, like, Oh, I'm laughing at this, even though I don't believe in it. And, and it just, it didn't, it didn't work. What do you guys feel about the, the idea that, you know, comedy, like you have to try stuff like that. When I was new to comedy, I did say a slur on stage. I, um, there was this one time and it, and it, it worked like the audience laughed because they knew where I was coming from. I think that, and I didn't do it intentionally either. I did it like as an extra tag. And what happened was I did my bit about, I heard a country song on the radio and it sounded like the Beverly Hillbillies theme. It's like, we're all a bunch of hicks who live out in the sticks. We need to install a bigger wall to keep out all the Spanish speaking immigrants. And uh, <laughs> I did that. And then yeah. right when they laughed at that, I said spicks right after it. And then they laughed really hard at that because they, what I did was like, I did, I did a double reversal instead of a first, uh, first reversal and then i was like oh man and then after that i was like well i'll never do that again (laughs) because even though they got that i was kidding and that's why they all i mean they were all a bunch of liberal lakewoodites you know and like they were all just it wasn't it wasn't the wrong crowd that was laughing at it per se but it was a very average crowd of well-meaning people but But also what were you aiming at in that joke uh, originally it's all, it's just like my other joke where I almost say a slur, but I s- subvert the expectation. And then, um, and plus I'm taking, I'm saying, I, f- I heard this song on the radio. I'm not saying I wrote this song and it's, I believe in it. And I think it's right. It's one of those things. And I say, I hear it. I heard it in Texas or something. Cause that's where the border's at. And that's mm-hmm. the whole, their whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's, but I would never do that again because A, I don't think it would work per se. It's a huge risk. And B, it's just not, even if I am well-meaning, it's not, um, it's not entirely obvious to everyone. And I just don't think I should be saying right on stage. <laughs> like that's just as simple. It's as simple. If you can't say that joke to everybody, I don't think you should be saying it to anybody. Were you poking fun at, um, at that mentality of like, keep brown people out, like, that country like yeah it's just a i mean it's weird because in in it it, they in the fiction of it they make fun of themselves by calling themselves hicks that live in the sticks Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it's clearly like kind of like yeah i wrote this obviously duh but um i am calling them hicks right off the bat but then it rhymes with spicks and then it's like okay do you think that that's what uh, where the humor was? The fact that you were not punching down on a marginalized community, but you were more like punching down on or punching up or, or however you want to phrase it. Um, yeah, you know, there's no meaning. There's no that. well. There you can derive meaning from from this joke, but there's no meaning. The meaning mm-hmm. is laughter. Yeah, the laughter comes from subverting. They're, they're like convinced I'm going to say spics and I don't, I say Spanish speakers, Spanish speaking immigrants, whatever it's, it's changed over the years, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's just the subverted expectation. It's always gotten a big laugh when the room is like, there's a big audience Mm -hmm. and it, it just works. So, I mean, it's all just that, that switcheroo at the end and, you know, but there is the meaning. I mean, you get, you know, you get the whole, like. The people are racist in Texas. That's the meaning. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, to me, that's the difference between these two examples. Um, why does yours work and his not? Because I'm making fun of racists and he is being like quasi racist to a crowd of people who are clearly also 
You heard those laughs from only dudes, by the way, too. I didn't hear any women cheering. Right. They're a bunch of masculine dudes going, Woo! Yeah, <laughs> fuck the liberals! Yeah, that's not comedy. That's yeah. a political soapbox. Um, it's not clever. There's nothing going on there. Um, and I hate those people. Uh, the, the people that are wooing, those are the people I want dead. Like, I want them dead. They can die and the world would be a better place. And, you know, I've got a cold heart for those people. And I kind of, yeah, I want them to, I don't want them to die. I want them to slowly suffer and then have to be like. Oh, they are. Yeah, I I don't know. Anybody who lives a closed-minded existence is not operating at, at their best self. And, and that's the ultimate irony here is people who are like, oh, these liberal snowflakes are offended by everything. But then you say one thing that is like challenging to their belief system and they, ooh, man, they get angry. They get violent. They get, you know, they the get The only resistant. offended people I've ever encountered in comedy. And I've gone both ways. I've, I've, I've put myself in many positions to upset liberals, as you can see, like I could to someone who is not like really thinking about what I'm trying to say, or if I said it poorly in learning how to do comedy and doing something out of poor taste, which I've done many times. Yeah. I've never had a a liberal be vocal or walk out. I've never seen it, but I've seen plenty of, I've seen plenty of conservative people get really mad walk out, storm out, pout, be babies, big fucking babies. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. Seen it so many times. It's like, you guys are so hilarious with your fucking hypocrisy. You and your stupid amygdalas letting it run the show. Here's a good example. Ryan DePerna did his, and you you can see why Ryan DePerna would um, upset some conservatives. He was at LVT and he's like, I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, USA one, Bin Laden zero. But I think the official count is USA one, Bin Laden five thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight. And then the the conservative, there's this conservative family sitting at the back table. They weren't there for comedy though either. I'll give them that. But they got so mad. We gotta leave. Get up right in the middle of our dinner. Get up and storm out and make a big scene. And then the two, there's a dad and then the two Haas sons. They're like, you liberal faggot. That's they said before they left, and uh, uh, yeah, that was that was a fun time. I, I got so much enjoyment out of watching that. Uh, so, what do you feel about like the outcry uh, around this whole incident, the Hinchcliffe incident? Uh, I, I never mind. Unhinchcliffe. Yeah, he became unhinged. Unhinged. Um. Wait, what? What do I? What? Like the outcry around it, like the you know people who are saying you know he should. He I think people are just a day in his life. People are just uh, people are upset for Chinese people <laughs> and for everybody. Um, it, I don't think anybody's offended. I think offended is not the right word. I hate when people use the word offended. It's like, I guess you could say it was offensive what he did, mm. but it's. Uh, but people aren't people are criticizing him pretty aggressively had had the joke worked it had the audience like lost their shit laughing you know had pang dang lost his shit laughing would that have changed things well i guess the reaction would have been caused by a different stimuli so it's like i don't know if that exact performance would have plugged into a different audience and had a different result Mm. per se, mm-hmm. especially outside of where he was. I think, I don't know. He could do that in middle America anywhere. And I think that would still, that would actually, I don't know. Just, people laugh at that stuff. You say filthy chink to, to someone or dirty or whatever the word yeah. you use. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I just, there's nothing actually funny about that. It's low brow, low hanging fruit. There's no work. There's no thought put into it. I'm really trying to make this sound as funny as I can. It just doesn't come out funny in any way. Slice it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing. I don't. Yeah. It's like try. You try, but it's mm-hmm. like just. I can't see an angle. That yeah, it's definitely that. a miss as far as a joke for sure. In in uh, the mild devil's advocate view is so what he fucked up and also words are noises. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but words also have meaning. And then you, you go back to, you know. Yeah. I love what Martin Urbano said in that one episode. Like, could somebody use this? What he just heard Tony Hinchcliffe say and use that as a weapon against uh, an Asian person, you know, and, and demean that person or physically assault that person. Like, could he use that as ammo? And uh, the answer is obviously yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you the question is, is by saying this, who are you trying to empower? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to hold the light up to, because to me, it just screams of such white fucking privilege because yeah. you didn't, you didn't have, uh, you, you don't have to consider uh, the social climate for Asian Americans right now. You didn't have to t- take into consideration how this might make this, you know, comedian who is middling in, you know, in Texas, like his feelings and his insecurities. And it just, the whole thing, that's the thing that uh, kind of bothered me the most is that, and then he goes into like, Oh, I should, they told me to come down here and I, you know, and it basically explains how I get to, I can come down here and I can live with my own uh, ignorance and I, that it'll be applauded for being ignorant and not considering other people. Like that's the part that bothered me. Like I, I thought, okay, maybe I'd get a glimpse of more context by watching more. Cause I, the only thing I saw was the one 30 second clip that, you know, where he just says the racial epitaph. And, um, I, I thought, okay, maybe if I watch more, I'll get a better understanding of where this guy is coming from. And it only made me angrier. <laughs> See, I think, uh, I think, uh, the, the thing with playing devil's advocate for these types of things, I think a good, a good byproduct of it is proving that you don't have a lack of self-awareness in your own bubble. Uh, you can think like the other side, but you still know why they're wrong about that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're on this side of it. So what I would say if I was on the other side, Jeremy, is it's not that fucking deep. Like, why are you making this a big intellectual exercise? He fucked up and now he needs to deal with that. But I don't think he was even thinking. He's not sitting there going like, what does society feel about this? He's like, he's like, I'm just going to go up there and be ironic and shit. But it's like, no, it is a two way street. You are a communicator and there are receivers. I mean, that only so goes. You're, you're, you're causing them to feel a certain way and they have the right to feel that way. Right. And, and that only goes to prove my point. Like he mm-hmm. gets to live with the privilege of not yeah. having to do that. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't need to think. He doesn't need to like live in a society where he feels like that's gonna. Yeah. Dude, and if yeah, anything totally we've learned over the last year is sometimes words, uh, or hurtful words turn into hurtful actions. It also, yeah, it just causes a, a consensus too, where it's like a lot of those people probably went home like empowered, like yeah, comedy's back, baby. I can say chink whenever I want and it yeah. doesn't fucking matter. And you're right that it does come down to white privilege because it's like, and it sounds so see what they've done to uh, people is they've caused almost every little keyword or every little phrase like white privilege. It makes me cringe when I say it. I feel like people are going to hear me say that and then they're going to be like, Oh, he's just this whiny little bitch. But it's like, no, that's, it's actually things have more meaning. You, we, we've been gaslit into, feeling guilty about sounding too liberal. And that is how you wear away at progress. Mm. I mean, uh, if I were playing devil's advocate on this, I would say that uh, we have set up this entire podcast in order to liberally use the word chink under a veil liberalism. (laughs) (laughs) You found a chink in our armor. (laughs) (laughs) We found it, Steven. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I didn't know, too, is that Tony requested this dude open for him. Uh, so they had worked together before and Tony um, liked him and wanted him to go before him, wanted him to open for him, introduce him. So there's a there's a previous relationship there. And I mean, I, I can't speak on, you know, how well they knew each other, but they knew each other enough to where, uh, to where Pang could have said, hey, man, let's chat. Like, instead of putting it up on Twitter for the world to see, um, how would you, if, so if you're in that position where Tony Hinchcliffe says, hey, 
I, I like your stuff open for me. And then, you know, he does the whole thing. What is your response? Do you just put that stuff on social media or do you talk to him or neither? Do you do something else? I mean, I'm all about the talk to the person first to see truly where their heart is, what their true views are. Uh, I'm never, I'm never one to rush to social media. I mean, it happens. I'm not mm-hmm. guilty of it to immediately respond on social media, but I'm more of a um, try and understand the person first before putting their shit out there and my, and my shit out there. Especially as a comic, you know, People are going to do shit like that. And it's just like, eh, whatever, you know, unless it's super egregious. Yeah. I mean, we also don't have the context of what was Tony like to him post performance. Mm-hmm. Pre, just how Tony is as a person, because um, I don't know. I don't know his person. I don't know what he actually believes. So I wouldn't. It's hard to say how ironic he was being, because when he got to the whole liberal pussy thing, that's when you're like, I mean, he's clearly, there's something going on there. I don't know what his real view, that's where it got muddled. I don't think the context made it any better. It made it more questionable, actually, I think. So, yeah, he became that, it became evident that he was coming from that. You can't say anything anymore, kind of. Who he associates himself with, where he was, he explained what he was, ironic or not, what his intention was there and he was getting his responses he wasn't going oh you guys are actually idiots for life like he was like yeah and he just kind of went along with it so how could he have gone up there and and made that funny like he still wanted to make the same point how could he have done that better i think he could have gone up there and did what he did no i don't necessarily think this would have made it funnier i'm saying it would have made it a little more obvious that he was trying to be funny and it may have still failed or been a failure of an attempt. But when he, instead of going, instead of doubling down on the irony, supposedly uh, by saying, you know, Texas, I left LA, blah, blah, blah. If he would have just been like, boom, and cut the, cut the volume, the volume down, went to a a different personality. Like he didn't go up there dressed up as a hillbilly. He didn't go up there. He was himself, he came up with a posture that made me mad. Mm. Did you see how his neck looked when he walked in? He was like, "Oh yeah." He kind of did that, and I was like, "I already hate this guy's posture." The blowing kisses to the audience, like unironically. I was sleeping on a board last night. <laughs> I'm Tony Hinchcliffe. I want to get every inch out of my height. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was six little... two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Tony enough. I feel like that would have helped. And I don't know coming in here. But again, you don't need to. You're this is an audio. This is comedy. I don't have I shouldn't have to do research on someone just to know what their intentions were. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you know, it, unlike the comic, when you go when you do a room, you should have an awareness of what that room uh at least, you know, judging by the few comics that you've seen before, like what will they respond to? What will they not? Like you can call them out laughing at the previous comics jokes in a way that's a little bit more, I don't want to say uplifting, but has better intent behind it. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I don't know how, um, in that case, mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm always one where I will try to tie uh, if, uh, like a comic before me. If they have a bit that I can make a connection between one of my bits, I'll try to come up with like a line or two that connects those thoughts. Mm. Um, and then I can naturally go into my set. Whereas this was just a, a roast. Um, and, and for somebody who's a, a joke writer for like Comedy Central roast, which is Tony, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe has done, like you would think that he would have better stuff. So you, you think were, he was on Coke? I think he might have been on Coke. Yeah, that's a he high on, He was high on Tony or something. Yeah. He was high on himself. Something was going on there where he had a hyper level of confidence. Or yeah, and, I, and I can see that happening too. You know, you've, you've been in LA, you've got this ultra successful <laughs> podcast, you headline clubs across the country. And now you live in this second tier comedy city. You're king shit. Like getting up on stage. I can say whatever I want. There's I've no got consequences. I'm Joe yeah. Rogan's little 
Hinchman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's any number of, of elements that, that come into play here. Um, for me, though, if, if I were to sum up my position on it, it's all about intent. Um, even if you are more conservative and you do want to make that statement, again, like what you were saying, Jeremy, who, like, who are you giving ammo to? Who are you aiming at? Like, what do you, you know, words do have consequences uh, nowadays. We've seen it in the news multiple times over the last couple of years. You know, oh, good. I'm glad that was... Your, think beyond the tip of your nose. If words didn't have meanings, you'd be like, wait, what? What are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. They all yeah. have meaning. <laughs> yeah. Listen I, to this podcast. There would be a lot more rolled R's in the English language. I love how elo- eloquent you made my point. Like, because I, I was getting really self-conscious there for a second, thinking like, was my point that I wasn't offended by what he did, but I was offended by his lazy writing. <laughs> <laughs> and and as a comic, you should be. I'm also offended by the fact that uh, that that young man uh, didn't take it up with him first. Uh, his name isn't young man. I just I forgot his name for a second. Pang Dang. Yeah. Um, although it could have been young man. Yeah, I mean, if if I were to tell a joke about a comic and they didn't like it, and all of a sudden I see it on social media, like, can you believe this? I'd be like, dude, we know each other. <laughs> like, come talk to me. Yeah, I mean, I, how many times have we made a, a joke in jest towards another comedian and have just gone out of our way to make sure th- to let that comedian know, like, look, man, I didn't mean any harm or uh, I, I didn't mean anything uh, to, to hurt you. I just was making a joke. Yeah. And you were, you know, like, uh, you know, there was a time where somebody had made fun of uh, a friend of mine who was in the audience and they called them, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you might, you might like, they basically called them gay. And so the guy's closing joke was uh, your ass is the same skin as your lips and so I just got up there and I said, oh, is, so your ass is the same skin as your lips, huh? And he goes, yeah, look it up. And I go, well, that explains why you look like such an asshole all the time. And uh, like, I, you know, I, I just wanted to let that guy know that like, you can't just um, maliciously attack other people like that. And, and, and as soon as I was, uh, I, you know, we had a good laugh and I said like, you know, I'm just poking fun, you know, I'm just having a good time. And like, as long as you, um, I think that you can get away with say, saying certain things just as long as you, uh, you re- you respect the person enough to, to, uh, consider their feelings in it. Yeah, we, we can say some pretty nasty shit to it. I've called people pedophiles. <laughs> like, that I, you <laughs> Me <know>. too. <laughs> so, but I don't mean it. And, and I don't even say pedophile. I say child molester. That's yeah. even worse because it's more graphic. Yeah. Um, but those are hecklers and they were legitimately some pretty awful people. Oh, I've called other comics pedophiles, but there's oh, no, right. there's no like, you know, there's no. I'm just happy to be talked about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love yeah, that limelight. We're not here to we're not here to be the judge and the jury. We're just telling us everyone our opinion. It's not like we have. It's not like we're like indicting him on something. Not that not that he shouldn't be or whatever. But it's just one of those things where it's like again, it's not like anybody cares what we have to say, but we have a right to express ourselves. Right, um, and and I think uh, I think Greg Stone put it best in in our episode with him is that you know comics we're great at asking questions. We're great at poking holes in things ask us what the answer is. I have no idea. I have no idea. So, you know, this to me begets more questions, which is good because questions, somebody can answer them. Uh, I don't have the answers. I'm not claiming to have the answers. I always want to preface things too. I talk very authoritatively. I'm just like, this Mm -hmm. is my opinion. Right. And I feel very strongly about it. I have evidence to support it. I have ways of testing it and being able to make it predictable and, and, you know, but it's still ultimately my opinion. Um, right. And, th- and this whole thing is way more nuanced than people are making it out to be. Oh, you should cancel them. Oh, this is bad. Yeah, oh, this yeah, is offensive. No. None it's of like, you have the authority to do any of that. Right. You can express your opinion and put it on social media just the way he could walk on stage and call someone a chink. But right. That's, th- there's, you know, he's going to have to deal with all this backlash. Mm-hmm. That's he invited it. Mm-hmm. You see him on his, pod- on his podcast. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I'm inclined to believe that that's just how he is and not an ironic thing. So it's like, right. It's like, if you don't like it, don't listen to him. Don't, you know, and that might be a persona, but it's established. I mean, established persona. Some of my favorite people are just total assholes. And I feel like sometimes they get lost in the mix of like, that's just part of their charm. Like, I know it's it rubs people the wrong way, but in the end, they're just kind of like these funny curmudgeons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can be an asshole, but you, you can still be kind. You know, I know a lot of people who are pieces of shit that would, you know, that would do anything for anybody. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. right. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole to a lot of people, but I like to say that I'm an asshole to assholes mostly. And then anything, anything else I do, roasting or anything, that's just good-hearted fun. And I always communi- communicate with people that I'm like, that I like them, and that I'm not, I don't mean mm-hmm. what I say. And it's never this bad. It's always very lighthearted roasting. Right, right. You, yeah. My and my goal when I get on stage is I want the comics, the audience, whatever, whoever's in the room. Once I get off stage, I want them. I want their night to be better because I performed. I don't want to. So if if I even if I'm calling you out for something like. I don't want you to feel bad 99% of the time. Um, but, you know, if I did, then I have to reframe the way I did it or rewrite the joke or, or you know, come from a different perspective, which is the same thing as reframing. Here you have Ari Shapir going on being like, this is the context. And then he's the guy that used to go around to like black neighborhoods dressed as a Klansman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who's this joke for? It's not making them laugh. Like, yeah. And you're like, no, but it's comedy. I'm being ironic. I'm a Jew. And it's like, thanks for making comedy so complicated. Why don't you just make it funny? It's so much easier to do that. <laughs> you ever think about that? Like, mm. why are you making this a big social statement when really the point is to be funny? Yes, yeah, some people find the the craziness of that to be funny. I did find it funny on some level, but it's also like. Well, these people are having, you're putting these people in a ton of distress. So clearly you don't have the right intentions at heart. That's not. Yeah. Who is this for? That's a good question to ask. It'll be funny. And then you'll see someone get seriously angry and then it's not funny anymore. And then you're like, okay. Because you get, get, we all understand irony. Like Mm -hmm. we get why he's doing, why he thinks he's doing it, but it's still, why are you making this so fucking confusing? I think uh, I look at what Sasha Baron Cohen does too. Like the way he, he's a you perfect know, example of he good. does characters that would fit into that social setting. So he's the you know the rodeo clown or the or the uh, the country music singer at a at a far right rally. Like that's why he's a genius because he does what they want to do, but he mm-hmm. does it right and he does it in the right context. And, and he, he gets does, them. And it's social commentary that is poignant and Mm -hmm. wins awards, Mm -hmm. wins Golden Globes. Like, Mm -hmm. his show is probably the best comedy show I've ever seen in my life. The Ali G show, only two seasons. Probably some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life and ever Mm will. Eric Andre is a good example of that as well. Like, a lot of... A lot. The one thing I love so much about Eric Andre's pranks or jokes or whatever, it shows the... uh, the good in humanity in the end. Like, yeah, he's making the shit that's silly and funny, but the people who he's pranking end up being the ones who look really good in the situation. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I love so much about his, his pranks in in particular. Well, it's, it's half of them are like the people that are like setting the record straight on what is good. But then there's the other people he interviews who are legitimately bad. And then they play along with him and then expose the uglier side of society. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's like half the people he does is are, are people that play the straight man versus playing along with it unknowingly. Right, right. If you if you go exposed. to a black neighborhood in a, in a clan hood, you're you're not getting a genuine response. I mean, you're not getting like, what are you what are you trying to prove? What do you what is the point here? Whereas if you go to a far right rally as a country singer and you're bashing like, you know, uh, Fauci and things like that, and in a way that inspires the people who are there to play along like that is the that's the sweet spot right well, there just you, the privi- you're exposed getting them to expose their dark side without forcing it I don't yeah know it's just the privilege of not having to consider the context of the other side mm. i'm going to take this from the um the 
why am I but Andrew Schultz's podcast? He quoted Patrice O'Neill when they were talking about this. Uh, good and bad jokes come from the same place. Was this just a bad joke coming from a bad place? Was this a bad? Uh, you mean a good uh, bad joke coming from a good place? Yeah. I don't know. But only, I think only though, one person can can really answer that. I want to see what he does because I, I I heard that uh, he's been trying to reach Pang Dang. Tony has, and he's not he's not responding. Uh, the kid hasn't posted anything on social media since the video, um, which to me is it's it's kind of like all right, dude. If you're gonna like put this up, you've got to defend your position. Like you've got to stand by it you've got to add to it you've got to you know whatever he doesn't um, want to do what we do on the podcast that's what he's avoiding he probably mm-hmm. thinks it's stupid to try to explain jokes but it's like again it goes back to there's so much more nuance to things than you just thinking like like i said earlier where i was like who cares it's not that deep well it, it is actually yeah. whether you care to care about it or not i didn't make the rules it's just right. how it's how communication works with right. humans. There's, there's a rabbit hole that leads to another rabbit hole to another yeah. rabbit hole. I mean, and that's why I love this podcast is, is that we can, like, we do explore that nuance. That's really, uh, you know, we could sit here and label things as funny, not funny, but the, the why is really an, that unending, you know, when you're a little kid, you ask why for everything. Like, well, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? And as adults, we're more comfortable with absolutes and like more judgment style uh, thinking. Uh, yeah. Whereas as kids and, and because that's what nature is, is just 100% nuance. Like it's, yeah, it really is. It's, and, and we're, we're conditioned out of that. And so that's why I think this bit took off the way it did is because immediately you have a judgment for it. Whereas to me, it's very complicated. It, here's one thing. Here's a way to look at it is, all right, so it, it's not that deep. Well, and then you can, you can switch, you can reverse it on and point the gun at their direction and do that. And it's like, oh, you, it doesn't have a meaning. So I thought you said it did, nothing has a meaning. So I said all this to you. You don't, you shouldn't care. It's like you can you can flip the logic on them and prove to them that the things do matter, whether or not they want to admit it is another mm-hmm. thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, and the, and the idea that he's quote unquote canceled over this is he's not can he's not canceled. The consequences to this is that at most he's put in timeout for a little while. No yeah. one gets canceled. That's another yeah. thing. Like yeah, shows get canceled. Like Roseanne got canceled, but Roseanne. Is touring the country with Andrew Dice Clay. Not that that's a huge gig or anything, but he's just. <laughs> Things are going great. They're not going great. I'm just saying that you can easily you can easily tap into the country music market, which is the biggest music market in the country. You know what I mean? It's called country for a reason. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's literally like there's a whole market there, and that's kind of what a lot of comics are doing. They tour the country, and they're they're selling all these podunk fuck holes and they think that this is where comedy is and it's like no you're just you're just dipping your toes into the ignorance pool and profiting off of it mm-hmm. the reason people don't like big cities because there's a lot of brains in the big cities a lot of people that know things about sociology and how humans work same with the universities yeah universities these are these are intellectual places they're not stupid they're not brainwashing your kids they're making your kids smarter and I stand by that a hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. They're brainwashing your kids. You mean they're you, teaching you've them been, new ideas? You've been brainwashed, dumb fuck. Mm. Do you ever think about how maybe you're the mm. one that's brainwashed? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're fucking dumb. See this. This is and this is why I like this is punching up. I'm allowed to call these people dumb all I want because they have all the privilege they want to go and get an education, but it gets really complicated because I also don't think that it's like their fault. I don't use the word I don't like using the word fault, but they are who they are and I think they still need to learn something from the way they behave, especially when it's a negativity thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know. I don't care if someone's dumb. I care if they're dumb and they think they're smart and they're an asshole to smart people and call smart people stupid. That's when I have a real fucking problem because that's going to destroy the entire world. Everything's just going to implode if that catches on. Mm -hmm. Our society is fucked. 
we're going back to the Stone Age. So it's better to know what you don't know than to not know what you know. Yeah. Does that make sense? The more you know, the no, more you know you don't know shit. And that yeah, is yeah. a quote from MF Grimm. So yeah. All right. Any uh, closing uh, closing thoughts? I think that was all one big closing thought. All right, you dumb. <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe, he's a stupid saltine cracker honky. Uh, see, but that's the thing that white privilege is saying that, and it doesn't have any punch to it. Right. It doesn't have any punch to it. Means nothing. It doesn't mean shit, especially right. coming from me. It's like this weird, like ironic thing. Mm, let's take it back to the times I was marginalized. Mm, like I always say, the uh, crackers are the ones that are the most offended by my jokes, and the saltines are the saltiest, and they've had it ritzier than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't, Jeremy. I don't even know if I want you to talk after that line. No, I, <laughs> I don't I want like, to say anything. That's else a either. great spot to end. I was like, I was like, well, we can All end right. it there. I'm cool with that. Well, thanks for tuning into this special edition of You Can't Laugh at That. If you want to weigh in on the topic, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod, on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That, and uh, share your side of the story. What's your perspective on it? We want to hear from you. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on whatever streaming platform that you get your podcasts. And if it happens to be Apple, make sure you rate us uh, five stars. If it's four stars, we'll take four stars. But but uh, <laughs> give us that five star rating. Uh, we want to show you that. Actually, Steve, why don't you close it out with that uh, <laughs> with the old you can laugh at it line? What, what line is that? Uh, you, you know how from I now on, if from if you yeah, I don't know. It's, it's word salad to me. <laughs> I don't say it every week. I hear it every week. I don't right, say it. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So so next time you see a video of a comedian using a racial slur on social media, the next time that you find yourself offended at something someone says, remember that from some angle, somehow, some way, you can. Laugh at that. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.